Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, coach, and also your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Francisca Show podcast. I'm so excited that you keep coming back. I just want to thank you personally again for listening to the show, for supporting the show. Speaking of supporting the show, I'd like to share a few ways you can support the show. Were your teeth too straight to get any work done on them and to get them straightened? Well, I was one of those kids and my teeth were just past that threshold, so I never got the braces. So I'm happy that I did something about it as an adult because now I get to enjoy straight teeth. If this applies to you and you feel the same way, maybe it's time you try it out. Call ModMouth today, 1-844-MODMOUTH, M-O-D-M-O-U-T-H. Or go to bot-mouth.com. I will post the links in the show notes as well. Check them out. And if you go to them and you tell them Francisca sent you, you will be supporting this show. Now, the only way for this to work is if you do call them and you tell them Francisca sent you. Also, message me. Let me know that you are using them so I can track it as well. Okay. Now, you can also support the show in a non-financial manner by just telling two, three friends today to go and listen to a specific episode you think they will enjoy. And that's a way you can help us grow and you can give back to this community. One more idea, you can go into Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your show and leave the Francisca Show podcast a good review, a five-star review. This is so appreciated, so thank you so much. One more quick announcement, a very exciting one. This week, we welcomed a new baby girl into our family. What a true miracle. Thank you, Hashem, for this gift and privilege. So the episode you'll be listening to, along with the next couple of months of episodes, have been pre-recorded and hopefully pre-edited as well. So don't think that I am here in the hospital or in my home working on these podcasts. I have put in a lot of work to make sure that you could still have weekly entertainment and content while I am resting. Also, keep reaching out like you always do. It's been so, so nice hearing from so many of you. So I might be a little bit out of it on Instagram and Facebook. However, you can definitely join the Facebook groups, The Francisco Show and the Artpreneur Community for more hands-on activity. Over the next few weeks, I will be having more announcements and exciting programming and events that I'll be creating that I'll share with you there. Without any further ado, here's your show. Welcome Onit Zisterman to the show, a teacher, mom, and comedian. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're the first person to officially call me a comedian, but I appreciate it. (laughs) You are definitely a comedian because last night I spent a bunch of time watching, re-watching some of your Facebook Live videos that you do with your comedian talents or comic talents and my husband and I definitely found it very amusing so thank you thank you so much you're so welcome (laughs) so we'll dive in with your background I know we have some really cool conversations I'd love to hear about you moving around in hopes of finding the husband in different cities which you eventually did which brought you to Philly slash Elkins Park and I'm going to really want to know how you got into these videos and how you're making money from them. So the floor is yours. 
Well, I actually was born and bred in um, Philadelphia in the Northeast. Um, and my parents sent me away for high school. My sister and I went to Breweria High School in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, it happens to be a very academic place. Mm -hmm. Even though Breweria was a place that was very, very focused on academics, I had a principal who's no longer uh, with us. Her name was Chaya Newman. And she seemed to really appreciate my humor and um, my talents. Yes, I was often reminded that I had to keep my grades up in order to be in the uh, musicals and in the plays, but uh, I don't know. She, there was something about her and the way she knew each of us and, and built us up on what we had to offer as opposed to where we struggled. At least that was my experience with her. Um, after that, I went to Israel for three years thinking I'd never leave. Then I had to come back to America. Um, I didn't know what field I actually wanted to go into. I thought I was a designer type. Um, I worked a little bit in advertising. I've always loved advertising. And then a job opened up um, right, I think it was the, a week or two before the school year had begun at my elementary school that I attended and someone from there called me and asked me to teach and I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and said I don't think they want me as a teacher I wasn't such a fabulous um, student and they said no no you don't understand you'll get the kids this would be a great idea they really need you the teacher fell ill they need somebody to take over and I took the job not knowing what I was getting myself into and I loved it. I love working with people. And there were these people and they wanted to know and grow and learn. And I'm very fly by the seat of my pants uh, or skirt um, when it comes to teaching. And though I've been teaching for over 15 years, I have never saved a lesson plan. Um, every Haggadah is a fresh thought. Every, um, every child is new and every generation of children um, it brings different interests and different needs. So I have fallen into preschool after all these years. And preschool is like being on stage, truthfully. You're singing, you're acting things out, you're role modeling everything, you're role playing everything, you're asking the kids, you pretend that you're this person in the Hanukkah story and I'll be that person. And it's a lot of fun. Um, that being said, I wanted to do a little bit more um, and I didn't know what it was. I had my own business um, selling head coverings for a few years and that was fun. Uh, but with little children around, I wasn't really able to have people in my home all the time and keep it clean and not have laundry everywhere. So that was not gonna work for me. Um, also my children needed my attention. One day I was scrolling on Facebook and an old NCSY advisor of mine who I barely knew showed up on someone else's page selling jewelry and she just kept holding up the pieces and saying this is five dollars and that's five dollars and it caught my eye and I was watching her and I was noticing that she was all fancy and she looked beautiful and this jewelry was so cheap so I decided to buy some and as soon as the show was over I said wait a second I could do this and I could do it in character I can do it in character. I can really, really have fun doing these shows. I didn't really care about the jewelry. I didn't, it didn't matter to me. And I started looking into it all in one evening. And I turned to my husband and he knows me. And I said, I'm going to do this.
I'm going to have shows. I'm going to start this. And the next week I was at Home Depot with my son. We were buying materials, spray painting and making these DIY uh, jewelry displays that they used for making the videos. And I started, I started just by little teasers here and there on Facebook, taking a picture of my ear and posting it and seeing what people were going to say. And people said, I said, coming soon. And people were staring at my ear and saying another hole, um, all kinds of guesses. It was funny. It was really funny. And then the following week I took a picture of the display board and said coming soon. And people just kept guessing. And I see that it's kind of a mix of advertising and, um, and getting people excited, which is something I enjoy doing anyway. And I did my first show and people were calling me afterwards, friends of mine, friends of my parents, friends of my in-laws, friends of my husband's. I watched your show. I watched your show. I wasn't in it for the jewelry. And I, I told the person who had signed me up under her, um, her name is Pamela Frischman. I said, I really want to do this. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll explain to you how it works and how you make money. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. But I really want to do the shows. And I, I started planning and watching more YouTube videos on different accents because I love doing accents. And I did the ones I knew at first doing the show every Saturday night. And then people were telling me they're watching it with their husbands. And I was thinking, wait a second, this is like good, clean, fun. It's like kosher fun. And I am loving it. And who knew people actually are interested in buying the jewelry. Um, so I'm selling it. Were you surprised when somebody wanted to buy something? Because the first time I saw you do it, I thought it was a show. A joke. Not a joke, but it was just entertaining. I didn't realize there's something to buy, actually. I thought it was... That's how I felt. Exactly. Yeah. So you did not go into this thinking you're going to sell. Not at all. I thought I needed... I needed to have the business to have a reason to be on Facebook Live. I don't think of myself as a person who has like a speech to make or a Vartora to offer. But if you give me something fun to act out, I'm in. But again, I'm a Orthodox Jewish woman and that has limited outlets. So I think of the show as my own time, my own me time. Sometimes my kids are in it with me, which is great. They think it's a family business. They tell their friends, we have a jewelry business. Um, I do it with them, but there, there's no pressure that way also because that's my hobby that happens to bring in a couple hundred dollars here and there, which is so nice. Oh, so has this turned into anything else like offline? Um, actually, it has. I have been called to do sales for um, synagogue events. Some I've called myself because when you're buying the jewelry, you don't, I don't like to keep it. Um, I'll keep one of the, a couple items for myself, but I also didn't want this hobby to turn into a spending and trust me, I love cheap jewelry. Um, but I, I love being able to get out there, um, online. And when people ask me to come and sell it at a bazaar, they ask me, will you come in costume? I have yet to do that. I feel like that is a paid gig. Um, but I will tell you something else that has come kind of at the same time as this jewelry thing is I was asked um, from the local girls um, high school if I would come and be a game show hostess for a game that their students had created. And I actually just did this for a second time. 
and it all goes hand in hand because they want to see the characters and it's really hard to entertain high school girls. Their standards for funny are so high and you're supposed to drop some jokes about them. But at the same time, if you cross a line, you've lost everybody. So I've now been called to the high school two or three times. I've done a, an eighth grade elementary school um, game as well, where I come in, the girls prepare everything, and they just want a funny person to run it, which is so great for me, uh, because I have limited time to prepare acts. But And I don't want to stand up and do stand-up comedy, because again, there's so much pressure. It's not off the cuff. It's prepared. I'm not prepared. <laughs> I like to be spontaneous, and I like to be Im improv and impromptu. I have taken acting classes, um, just again as a hobby. So these offers and invitations to synagogues and schools, are were they assumed to be paid, or they were, oh, you look like you're enjoying this, maybe you could entertain other people while you're enjoying it as well? I have been asked to do things free of charge, but mostly I get paid. In addition to the things I mentioned, I was hired by the marriage-minded professor to do her online commercials. So those will be coming out soon. She came to my house, asked me if I could do five different characters. There was no real script. She told me the message she wanted to get across to the daters. And she asked me if I could play the role of the clueless Israeli guy um, who's revisiting dating someone he's gone out with before. Um, if I could be the person who had questionable um, Google search results and I had a good time doing that one. I would, had a Puerto Rican accent and obviously a wig to match. Um, I just, I love doing it. I, I do have to say that when I think about how it all started, it was when my first Purim as a married woman came and I told my husband that he has to do a Purim act with me. Um, he is not that type at all. He is kind and fun and prefers to be in the background. And here I was telling him that we need to dress up as an old couple on our way to Atlantic City to play in the casinos. And I said, I'm sorry, but even though it's not in the ketubah, you kind of have to let me do your makeup. And he did. And we're going on nine years of crazy, amazing costumes. Those can be found on YouTube. I just don't know um, how to access them offhand. I can send you a link. But uh, we've done a few acts where we are either um, a funny couple. We've done a couple that works at Produce Junction. We've done, which is a Hispanic couple with our little baby, Jalapeno. We did um, this old couple and we were yelling at each other and bickering the entire time with our canes and our gray hair. And um, that one was really funny. People didn't recognize us our first year. Now it's something people look forward to. People ask us, where will you be for Purim? And they want to be there too. And are your Shalachmanos themed accordingly as well? They are always related, but they're never beautiful. Meaning when we worked at Produce Junction, we were throwing cucumbers at people. For anyone listening, could you just describe Produce Junction to I'm anyone? I'm sorry. Produce Junction is, um, is a Philadelphia local um, huge produce store and flowers store. You cannot choose your own fruits and vegetables. You stand in a long line. Everything's super cheap. And all of the people working there speak Spanish. Things 
when I first moved here, I was surprised that every single person who worked there was either from Mexico or Guatemala or Venezuela um, or from Puerto Rico. And they sold, sell such interesting fruits and vegetables, again, at very low prices. So, And you get a lot of You get a everything. lot. The produce can be, you can get about 40 bananas for $3, but you can't pick them. You can't buy less. You can't ask less. for two bananas. You can't ask for two bananas. You can't ask for 10 bananas. You can ask the person behind you in line, do you want to split a bag? Which I'm sure most people don't do, but I do because I just talk to strangers. That's kind of my thing. Um, but, and I've befriended people who work there and they were selling t-shirts that the workers wear that say Produce Junction. And that's when I got inspired to do Produce Junction as our costume one year. Um, so it, with our, um, with our, with my husband's extremely severe black mustache, when in reality, he doesn't have much hair on his head and he was wearing a big um, black wig and our Hispanic accents and our little baby who was dressed up as a vegetable and throwing fruits and vegetables at people. We had spent Purim that year in a community-wide Elkins Park Purim Seuda of religious and non-religious Jews. Nobody knew what hit them. And it's kind of become our reputation. What are you going to be this year? And we never told anybody year to year, even though we had planned. We've been Israeli cab drivers. Also, there's a lot of yelling, a lot of accents, some uh, hair wig coming out of my chest. Um, always meant to make people laugh. Uh, when we did that, I think that I think that year I was a little bit more um, um, homey and made and made my hummus to give out to people. But beyond that, it's basically just here's oh, and we we. Part of the Mishloach Manot that year was that my husband had a pocket full of garenim, which are um, sunflower seeds that he was chewing and spitting, and he handed like a handful to everyone that he saw. So yes, they match, but they're never glorious and don't keep up with the Joneses in any way as far as uh, their fancy uh, packaging. Got it. So before we move on, and I'd love to ask you to do some impromptu right here for you know, you're not singing. I'm not asking you to do anything that violates Kol Isha, Chas Shalom. For anyone listening, I am sarcastic. And and um, and it, you're not dancing. So anyone listening to this podcast could actually enjoy your talents right now. I mean, if you would like to sample some of your talent. Before we get to that, I want to know more about your background in moving around to find your husband. I know it's part of your bio, and I, I think I've heard you talk about that before. So I think it's an interesting topic of conversation. I'd like to bring that up. So the story goes like this. Uh, I had come back from three years in Israel. I thought I knew exactly what I wanted, and I thought it would be easy. I lived in Philadelphia. It's close to Lakewood, close enough to New York. I'd meet somebody. Um, it took one year of teaching and I said, it's time to go elsewhere. I moved to Passaic, New Jersey, which is where most of the Neve girls that I knew had, um, discussed, that's where you go. You finished with Neve. It's time to go to Passaic. Everybody's very warm and welcoming there. And it was true. And I moved in with, um, two girls and that was my first apartment. Then I had another apartment and another apartment. Then I tried to bo tried boarding with a family. Then I had another apartment. There was a lot of moving. And I kept thinking, I'm putting myself out there. I'm meeting people. I would meet Shadchanim. I would send them 
emails, just reminding them, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'd love to see you again. Um, I always say I dated a lot more Shadchanim than I did men. Um, because that's what it's like to meet a Shadchan is you got to get more dressed up than you ever would for a date, in my opinion, and impress them. So they will introduce you to some fine, fine men. Um, I did, I lived in Passaic for seven years. After seven years, I took a job working at Ornava running their night program. Um, not their learning program, but their entertainment and, um, kind of activities and events, um, not uh, I'll tell you some of the ideas we did was I called some something you're on on Ornava and I ha found talents of the different members of Ornava and asked them to come in and teach so we had some girls do fitness some girls did salad dressings we had a really good time and unfortunately there was a financial reason that Ornava had to let some of us go and I did very much enjoy working for Rabbi Wallerstein and the fabulous, fabulous staff um, of Yvette Mickley, one of the greatest people I've ever met. Uh, but I had to move on and I was in Queens, which I thought was another big shidduch place. Why am I not meeting people? But I wasn't, I wasn't meeting people and I was trying, always trying. So I said, that's it. My dream has always been Aliyah, this is it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna meet somebody, I'm gonna stay and meet somebody I did not. Not only did I not meet men, I had a really hard time making friends in Israel. Um, the people I met were more uh, introspective and not as loud and talkative as myself. And I, I'm sure I was not in the right place and for meeting the kind of people that I wanted to, but I was not having success in Israel. At that point, I used my haircutting certification and was cutting hair to get out there and meet people. So I was traveling. Um, around Yerushalayim and beyond, uh, giving haircuts to women and girls and talking to them. Oh, do you know anybody? Do you know anyone for me? Do you have a cousin? Do you have a this? Do you have a that? And while it was a great experience, it was not helping me find anyone. So I came back from Israel and I could not find a job. I moved back in with my parents, which I hadn't done since I was 14. And I was looking for a job, somewhere to go, something to do. And for some reason, I had found some kind of inner strength to say, this is an opportunity that I'm living with my parents, which hasn't happened. And one day I will get married and it won't happen for a long time, forever. I won't be living with my parents. And I want to use this time to do some kibbutz aim, which I hadn't been doing. At the same time, my sister and brother-in-law who lived in Queens were moving back to Philadelphia. We're moving to Elkins Park. So I had an opportunity to help her with her move, help her with her children, cook for my parents. Not that they were elderly, but they appreciated it. Spend time with my grandmother and do a lot of things. And I happened to write a letter for a newspaper. Um, I called it taking the oi out of unemployment. And that opened so many doors for me that I wasn't expecting. Um, I got calls from people who said, can you go out with my brother? Um, I was asked by the Chazak hotline to give a speech to be mechazik. Other people who had lost their jobs because it was a big time of unemployment for people. And it made me feel really good and really positive. And I felt like I was in a good place and I was helping out my parents and my sister and not dating very much, but traveling to New York on a whim because I never minded the drive. 
and visiting friends everywhere and getting together, but not having an income. And one day I woke up and said, I have nowhere to be. And that's the day I decided I needed to move again. So I had already moved. I don't remember what number I'm up to, but I think it was 11 times or so. Um, no, six times. And then um, I decided to move to Brooklyn, the place that nobody wants to live in was what I thought. Oh, people in Brooklyn, they're not nice. It's not warm. It's not welcoming. But singles go there because they have to be where people are. I got a job working at Rachel's place as a madricha for a very, just very minimally, like twice a month. I found an apartment with girls and um, I made the job that I took was exactly enough to pay the rent. I took the job. I moved. I think it was two weeks after that day. Moved to Brooklyn, was turning 30 wanted to have a huge party huge so i'm living in this apartment at this point i'm working at rachel's place a little bit more i was also hired privately to um help a special needs um adult gain some social skills and i was working at a place that no longer exists that was so so cool called darka which was a home for religious actively religious wonderful amazing young women who struggled with bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. And I was the recreational um, director and worked with fabulous people there. Uh, Miriam Turk and a rabbi who runs Relief, the kidney donation program. And it was awesome and amazing. And things looked like they were happening. And the best thing about it was that I was happy. I felt purposeful. And I said, I'm turning 30. It's got to be big. So I invited, I don't know, 50, 60 of my closest friends, asked everyone to come in a ball gown, came to my apartment. My friends and I cooked. Um, I hired my friends' little sisters as our waitresses. I spoke. Uh, we played a game. I tried to find a picture of myself and each of my guests from my history, you know, back when people actually printed out photographs, hung them up around the room, had a chocolate fountain and had a I guess it was a dance party after, when all was said and done. I had teachers from my high school, friends, family. It was a very meaningful party for me. And exactly, it was my birthday was, is Pesach Shani. I think it was, it was that Pesach, one month earlier than my birthday. My party's already planned invitations out. Um, I went to Elkins Park for Pesach to my sister. Um, I normally went to Passaic, but for some reason, because of some miscommunication with my amazing, amazing Revitson, Shawnee Gedgerman, I thought she didn't want to have me that year because somebody in her family was having a baby and she wouldn't have the room. Um, she called me Erev the second days and said, my family is so sad you're not here. I said, but Shawnee, you told me that you couldn't have me. She said, I said, no such thing. Why would I say that? And, and now I know why, why this miscommunication happened. That seventh night of Pesach, um, my husband showed up at my sister's meal. He had been there many, many times before, but nobody thought of setting Adam up with Onit. And we had to meet. That's just how it had to happen. And we had to, to meet at a meal where there were meant to be a lot of people. But this one was sick and that one had a baby and this one had just been in a car accident. So they were sleeping. My brother was there, but he it was the eighth night of Pesach. I'm sorry. But my brother um, lives in Israel and only keeps seven nights. So he was like busy on his laptop. And it was just kind of me and Adam, 
my father and my brother-in-law at a meal. And I was taking care of all the food in the kitchen. My sister wasn't at the meal either. She had a baby and wasn't feeling well. And um, I want to say the rest is history, but it didn't end there. My bubby was at the meal. My bubby is a Holocaust survivor. And she went to my sister when the meal was over and said, Sheetala, you make this happen. And that, from that story, that is how it would happen. Nobody thought of Adam and Onit, but Adam and Onit met and we're going on nine years of marriage. Um, my birthday party was a few weeks later. Uh, he gave me all kinds of tips and tricks for making non-alcoholic beverages. And um, he was just very different than what people thought I was looking for. People thought I was looking for a black hat, but actually I was looking for a person. Uh, I could buy my own black hat. That was a line I said a lot to Shadchanim. Um, people asked me, would you support a man in learning? My answer was always, I'll support him emotionally. I had a lot of pat answers for those types of questions. Um, I just, you know, even the question of, do you want a television in your home when you get married? I, I would always say, can I discuss that with him? Do I really need to discuss that with you? Um, all of those types of questions always threw me for a loop because all I wanted was a mensch who had Yerashamayim. And when I would say that to people who were matchmakers, they always responded with, yeah, 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 but, yeah, 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 but how many children do you want? What kind of a job do you want? If we had followed that way of thinking, I never would have described the person I ended up marrying because he's just a mensch with Yerashamayim. And that's what I wanted. So, well, maybe if you knew uh, Lisa Ben Shalom from Marriage Minded Mentor, <laughs> I don't even know if she was married line. then, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe if I knew Elisa Ben Shalom at the time, she might have thought of it. It's true. Uh, it turned out we were both Philadelphians and we're inviting a lot of the same people to our wedding in the end. So, you really don't know. You really don't know. But I do strongly believe that I met him when I was happy in my life. That's a very important point and it's it's a mechazic point it's something that it's important to hear and add any message for any single girl out there whether she's 18 and at a seminary or you know 24 25 35 the thing is work on making yourself happy and fulfilled and you, you really don't have the control over when and how you're going to meet your person that's why focus on the stuff you do have control over and the happier you are the more fulfilled you are the better of a match you will attract to yourself but I am not a <laughs> I'm not a dating coach at all but I am a woman fan and I love <laughs> supporting and I feel like it's just important to separate and divide that whole expectation of every little girl can't wait to get married and be a mommy and taking that pressure off of young women I think we're so heavily pressured in the community and that's the way the community is structured. And I feel for the women who have this challenge that a lot of their young years are searching for their Bashar. It becomes this very impossible reality and it that faces them. And I hate that I'm saying them and them, but I, I got married when I was 19. I would love to be 19. Actually, no, I'm very happy to be where I am today. So now I'm turning 40. And I just cannot think of a way to celebrate. So I am open to any ideas that people have. I think you should replay your 30th birthday party <laughs> once again and with ball gowns and a chocolate fountain. Yeah, but this time I need, I need to include all the kids. 
you know, I can't ask people to come without their children. Well, that's why you have those uh, non-alcoholic drinks <laughs> that your that's right, that my husband came up with. taught you how to make. That's true. Exactly. Okay, so let's bring you back to your comedian slash game show runner because that's really something that is unique to you. I think that's something that is very in style right now for bat mitzvahs, for parties, for events, entertainers, true entertainers. Like as much as I love saying people want singers, people want entertainment. So if you're singing, you know, some song and it means something to you, but you can't relate to the audience. I'm less attractive in a way, no matter who I am, than somebody who is engaging the audience and making everyone laugh. Or I'm sitting here with you and I'm just being entertained. I'm like, you know what? Throw my questions out the window. Let me just listen to you, what you're saying. Who needs to plan for this kind of interview anyway? So where do you see this going? And I know you're very honest with us, which I'm so happy that you are. I mean, in general, people who are able to make other people laugh are very in touch with their own feelings or have experienced a lot, which makes them able to laugh about certain things or bring out the comic things in life. So thanks for being open with us. And is making money from this one of your goals? I know the money started floating in, but that wasn't the plan or goal going into this. I don't know the answer to that because I don't think I'm the kind of person who only does one job. Never have been. I do social media marketing for um, a company. Um, I've been doing tutoring. Uh, I teach. I didn't even mention that I do event planning and volunteering at my shul. Um, I, I don't like to sit still. I take that back. I don't know how to sit still. I love sitting still. I look forward to doing that one day, maybe for an hour. But at this point, um, I just kind of want to see where it takes me. Like, I would be shocked, um, happily surprised if a high school, even my own high school that I went to called me and said, hey, we heard you're doing this great gig. Can you come? Um, I'm sure if I called Camp Sternberg or some of those places, they'd be interested. But a part of me is still wondering, what? what do I do? Like, don't I sell jewelry for a company? Um, it's been nice when the girls prepare the game and I just have to host there. That's really like on the fly. And since it's a high school, they let me bring my baby and the girls just pass her around. So that's really great. If every job came with that perk, I'd be really, really lucky. Um, I, I would love for it to develop, but I, it's hard for me to envision how. That's the truth. Well, I would love to talk to you about this and see if I can brainstorm a few ideas with you. And anyone listening in general, this is one of my new goals for 2020. I set up a whole way on my new website, franciscamusic.com, for you to reach out to me so we can talk and I could see what you're doing, what you are dreaming about, and see how I can brainstorm, come up with ideas. Yeah, so that's one of my new things, connecting with women like you. So I would love to do something like that. My head already has so many ideas. So thank you. I would love to do that. Because this is, you know, we create something on the interview and then we release it and there's there's follow-up, but very little follow-up. I really want this to be more engaging community. I know I have a Facebook group, but not everyone listening is on Facebook. So I, I think building individual relationships with our listeners and, and creating more personas like you is just what we need today and what, what this community needs to encourage and support this. 
because who said you can't make money from this, especially if you're happy with your baby being passed around, because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> your baby is your your baby is your first. Mine isn't. True. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You'll get you'll get there, please God. You won't mind people passing your baby around at some point. Amen. Okay. So let's end with this. I would like to challenge you to do a few acts impromptu. One of my favorites was the time I went to the mall in Philadelphia and I first heard, and I hope you find this particularly funny because it's, um, it's my Russian Israeli. Now, what is a Russian Israeli? I had never heard of it before in my life. And here I am in Burlington. I think that was the store. And these two elderly women, Russian women, clearly Russian, are speaking to each other in Hebrew. I had never seen it. And I come from a part Israeli family and I've been to Israel a million times, never, ever heard this one. Why you like sweater like this in summer? So that's an accent most people are not familiar with. But if you've ever heard Russian I'm very familiar. speaking Hebrew <laughs> with each other, it's kind of hilarious. But go ahead. Let's try your game. I hope I don't fail. Okay. <laughs> so here you go. You choose which accents you want to do. Those are the topics. Let's do money. Maybe a couple discussing finances. Let's do shidduchim. Let's do eating. Okay, three. I think three is enough. <laughs> this is more challenging than I thought. Okay. People talking about money. So all, I always go to Israeli because I, and, you know, I picture my father and his family talking and to me it's comical. Or I can do Philadelphian when I picture my mother talking with her family and that's comical. Um, Philadelphia is less known, but I'd love to discuss it with you. Money, Philadelphian. Here we go. All right. So listen, I just got out of the store. And you're telling me that it's $3.99 for something I just bought last week for $2.99? I mean, are they out of their minds? I just got in here, okay? I've been to Targets. I've been to Walmarts. But I'm talking about the Acme's, okay? I'm going in the store. I'm expecting a lady to tell me eggs are on sale. And they're giving me the full price nonsense. I ain't shopping here no more. Next. Next. Okay, <laughs> let's do a South American. You could choose which one. No, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And let's do um, Shadduchim. Sure. Listen, when I go on the computer and I'm looking for a man, I just Google man, okay? Everybody want to know specifics about what I'm looking for. I don't know. I Google man and all these things is coming up. I can't find somebody like that. All these people tell me, you want to get married? You got to look on a computer. You're going to sign up. I don't know how to use a computer. Maybe if they want me to meet somebody that way, they should be giving lessons for using the machine before I start looking for men on Google. Okay, let's try this. How about Hasidish? And let's talk about... Oh, boy. Well, okay, either Tznias, you oh, want to encourage your daughter to be Tznias. <laughs> so I was talking the other day with my neighbor, and she told me she got a new skirt. And I say, let me see how the skirt is fitting you. Is it mamish sneers? Is it mamish trendy? So I go in and I see her. The skirt is, I'm telling you, I'm afraid to even say this word. I don't want my other neighbors to hear. Hat pink. Hat 
pink. Why it's called heist? Why it's called heist pink? Because it's not appropriate. You don't touch it. You don't touch it. If it's heist pink, you don't want to touch. You burn your fingers. I didn't know what to say. Shemamish thought it was the greatest, most beautiful Shabbistic dress she ever could wear for dinner when she makes some nice meatballs for dinner for her husband. She likes to dress up. So I said to her, you can't wear this. She's no longer my neighbor. And I'm very sad about it. But now I get a new neighbor. And this neighbor is asking me all the time, should I buy it? Should I buy it? And if she doesn't wear it, the good news is we wear the same size. Thank you so much for having me here on the show, Francesca. And I would love to meet with you again for Kugel and Kegel and Chunt and talking sneers and talking mamish cooking and all things that are important and home decorating, obviously. Thank you so much, Oni. This was such a pleasure. And where can people find you? If you go on Facebook, which I know some people feel is real ricious, I don't. Um, if you go on Facebook and you look up Own It with Oneet, that's Own, O-W-N, It, with Oneet, O-N-I-T, you can watch any of the past videos, you can watch new videos, and you can join in the fun for the giveaways. You can buy the jewelry even if you want to. But really, it's just a lot of good, clean fun. We keep it we keep it kosher, and um, we try to make people laugh because in this world, there's enough to make people sad. I like I would like to go after 120 years and tell Hashem that I was the person who made people laugh. So that's it. Enjoy own it with yeah, me. Yeah, and we'll post the links and sh- the link in the show notes and. I'm so happy we did this. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Oni. Me too. Thanks, Francesca. Thanks so much for staying here until the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. Leave us a good review and come back again to check us out next week. Please also join the Facebook community of the Francisco Show podcast, the Artpreneur Facebook group that I've recently created to provide more support and resources for artists and aspiring artists and creatives. If you'd like to reach out with suggestions, comments, feedback, please do. I always love hearing from you. I so appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting from you. My email is F-R-A-N-C-I-S-K-A-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Have a great day and see you again next week.